2: Now, Joe and Pat present, Sports Talk's Person of the
1: Day.
3: John Chippen was first exposed to the game at the age of 13. He lived nearby Shinnecock Hills, and he started to work over the club as a caddy, making golf clubs, working with a local club professional. He actually started teaching lessons. He really, at the very young age, started to flourish and prosper in golf.
0: And he became one of the best players in the club. So when the club was hosting the second U.S. Open uh, in 1896, the club members decided that he and another caddy, uh, Oscar Bunn, they decided that those two would represent the club uh, and play in the 1896
1: U.S. Open. You know, there's a lot of people that think there's a tinge of racism in the history of golf in You this don't country. say. In this coffee. John Shippen, today's sports person of the day. Wasn't a Black guy. Played in the 1896 U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, where it's being played today. Uh... Now he did have to tell them he was an Indian, but <laughs> instead of a black guy. One minor detail. One
4: minor detail. <laughs> Had to omit Be- something.
1: Beyond that, they were uh, very welcoming there. Of uh, John Shippen, he became uh, a legend at Chinnacock Hills Golf Club uh, because he, he became the, they, you know, he worked in the pro shop and everything. But in, he was only a 17-year-old kid in 1896. And, of course, golf was in its formative, competitive golf was in its formative stage. Uh, he was uh, he was born in Washington, D.C., but his father was a, a Presbyterian minister and the family was moved. They went to, the, there's an Indian reservation there. Shinnecock Hills is uh, next to an Indian reservation. And, in fact, the, the Shinnecock Indians uh, claim that land there and there's still a dispute about it. But anyway, uh, he, uh, John moved with his family because his father was sent to, uh, work with the, try to convert the Indian population. The, uh, apparently, but anyway, John Shippen played in that open and became very famous in, uh, in golf as a, as a, a competitive black player, black back when there were not, Uh, any of those. And I also looked it up. He was in on the formation of a golf course up there, near there in a golf course in New Jersey that was originally called Shady Rest Country Club in 1921. A group of prominent black businessmen bought a nine hole golf course and a country club. And it became a, you know, because of the segregation, it became the first African American uh, country club, and and uh, John Shippen was there as the uh, the pro of the place, helped uh, helped form it, and uh, it it is now called Scotch Hills Country Club. It's located in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, but it uh, sort of became the uh, mecca of, uh, of African American golf back then, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, John Shippen Jr. We've we've talked. You hear a lot about uh, players like uh, Curtis Sifford and, and guys like that as uh, Charlie Sifford and guys like that as the pioneers of black golf in this country. But uh, the more I read about it today, the more I found out that it was probably John Shippen Jr. who was the uh, the uh, founder of uh, you know kind of got that all started. And uh, Shinnecock Hills, he was there and uh, worked there. All the members uh, loved him. And the members actually came up with the entry fees for him for those early. And he finished second in the first ever U.S. Open. John Shippen Jr. is today's sports person of the day. Now, I was talking to another gentleman today, uh, Jay Pivick, who's I've had breakfast with him, the uh, the great basketball coach. And the guy who hired him at Minneapolis Community College, Minneapolis Community College, was Earl ba- Bauman. And Earl was be the first guy. Earl was a great ba- football coach at uh, Minneapolis Central and had great teams in the early, uh, early uh, 60s. Earl was the coach and he had a quarterback named Greg Wong and he really was impressed with Greg's ability to hand off he uh, didn't let him throw too many he, I think he threw one in the first game against the wishes of of Earl and uh, was was basically ordered and every other pass they threw that year became a halfback pass by Eric Evers. You know what he invented
0: great. then? What? The run-pass option. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, his, and his option was not to pass. Right. Your option is <laughs> hand it to, to that to guy. And as a matter of fact, he had no option but to hand
4: The run they option. Were,
1: they were great back then. But Earl ended up going to uh, McAllister. You know, mm-hmm. McAllister made this groundbreaking higher than had the worst talent in the history of mankind. And Earl ended up in the uh, Minnesota State College's uh, system, and he became the first black president of uh, one of the institutions over there. But Pivik told me, Earl did, during the season, find time to golf every day. Boy. <laughs> he said he played golf
4: <laughs> every go. day boy. and
1: was one of the founders of the Bronze Open. Which was a a, a tournament for that uh, was not all black guys, but the it was it was based on the black guys and it was played I think at Theodore Worth sometimes, but it was also played at Hiawatha sometimes. Wow. I've I did some pieces in the past about it. But uh, Earl, was, uh, Earl was one of the founders of that, too. But John Shippen Jr. Uh, were playing at Shinnecock Hills, and he was finished second in the 1896, the first time the Open was played there.
0: You know what we learned today, by the way, earlier on GL? Because uh, Joe was qu- wondering what the, um, the membership rate is for Shinnecock. Mm-hmm. What would you ballpark it at? I think he told me $500,000. is not that amazing? Yeah, and wow. and that right, and by the way, that's not even the most one of the top five most expensive in the New Jersey Long Island area.
1: Well, right, that's next, incredible. Right across the back fence from Shinnecock is National National, which is just as exclusive. Okay. And then there's another one. There's there's three of them right up there, right next to each other. Okay, and, and uh, all the way up there, and yeah, it's not cheap. No, not cheap. And then I found out, and
0: I think maybe Joe or a caller pointed out that yeah, that five hundred thousand is good. For the member, if the member invites someone to come play with him yeah, or her, yeah, uh, that round of golf is three hundred and seventy-five dollars.
1: Really? Well, that's you know go we'll get em. <laughs> You know what? That's uh, that's not outrageous you don't think so. Yes, well, it is. But guest fees are guest fees for these places can get can get a little uh, can get a little tough. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Shinnecock Hills. Anyway, I was uh, reading the history today, and I ran across John Shippen Jr. and Lo and behold, John Shippen Jr. had a hell of a lot better score than uh, the uh, first uh, African-American winner of the U.S. Open. Tiger Woods is going to have today. Tiger Woods, uh, uh, what, I think he's five over. Now. Are you predicting six that over? he's going to be out
0: Saturday? He'll be driving the the yacht you back? You know
1: what? If you stay at six over, you're probably going to make You'll the cut. You'll probably make the cut? Yeah, unless the wind dies tomorrow or something. We'll uh, be back. This is the Ride with racy Steam Zone! Steam Zone! It's time to get into the
2: Steam Zone on the Ride with Royce.
1: I just felt that it was time. It's been a month, hasn't it? Three weeks or a month since we had a team Zone? Feels like zone?
0: way too long.
1: And boy, what the, this is kind of a... Early summer, five weeks, six weeks of nothingness, steam zone time. We got to, we got to, you know, get things fired up here. You got to fill but, time, is what you're saying. And there's, no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no better way than to do so with the steam zone. Remember, one is a hot take. Yep. Two is a piping hot take. Three is a scalding hot take. And then there's this if you really lay an egg. I'm going out to cut grass. <laughs> okay, John Height, will let you go first with your hot take.
2: I am going to double down on something I said in a steam zone, uh, I think two steam zones back. Okay. Uh, that concerned, I'm not going to say the twins again. We all know they stink. Mm-hmm. That's what I said in that steam zone. But I said Byron Buxton was going to have just a pathetic year. This was the first time around when he got hurt. I'm going to say that he's going to come back and be awful when he comes back. I'm going to wow. say... Well, I'm not done. There's more to it. I'm going to say he's going to hit about 180 and not even have 20 RBIs for the season, even though he Ooh. plays uh, once he comes back from this foot injury. Uh, because he'll be playing about, what, half the season maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm going out to cut grass. No, I'm sorry. I was a little premature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to find it. However, then next year, I mm-hmm. think he's going to reach the stardom we've all been waiting for. Really? And so he he's going to bottom
1: out. Kay. Yes.
2: He's going to bottom out. and just Build him back write, up.
1: When you write him off the pressure will be off is that what you're saying
2: uh, Yeah well I guess you could look at it that way but I think he'll just figure it out in the offseason uh, he's played enough he'll be healthy hopefully knock on wood here he'll be healthy when he comes back next year he'll you know he'll hit 300 hit 20 home runs knock in 80 steal 40 uh, Ooh, have that wow. kind of, have that kind of season that we've been waiting for for how many years now wow. for about 3 or 4 years You
1: know it's so. too bad that first uh Byron Buxton take you had wasn't on the uh, Mackie and Judd. Write it down. <laughs> oh, the write that, that down. I yeah. get oh, points. Yeah. I get points. Right? You or had a triple. A I, triple. Think, I think That's they give you is. a batting average That's and stuff. Oh yeah, we'll go this way. Wow. We'll go oh. This way that's a piping hot sports take i think you were headed for uh kind of the uh we're gonna go out and cut grass until you added, <laughs> added the, the next year, the next year <laughs> yes. part that was a very good decision on your part <laughs> it proves that you've become an expert at the steam zone <laughs> what do you have manny
4: i think i'm going pretty deep on this one. Oh boy i um, really settled in so last night and pat i was telling you about this earlier this afternoon in the producer's room uh, I was watching a little WNBA action last night. And I was watching the Mystics and the uh, Connecticut mm-hmm. Sun. And mm-hmm. the Mystics uh, had a 30 point lead in this game. And the Sun came all the way back in the fourth quarter to actually take a lead. Wow. Uh, now, the Mystics ended up winning because Deladonna uh, hit a couple Mystics shots. Who did the Mystics
1: hit? Deladonna's back. Okay. Yep.
4: And Chris, Christy Tolliver. And Deladonna hit a couple big shots for them late. And Tolliver hit some shots. So the Mystics ended up holding off and winning. And I told you, Pat, I said, this league has gotten a lot better. And the ball movement, the skill, all that stuff has gotten a lot better. Well, our Lynx, they're sitting at three and six right now. Oh, and, oh, and uh oh, oh. My hot see,
1: this is not over. <laughs> just just the improve, improved level of the league is not your
4: hot take. No. You're expanding on it. Guys, our Minnesota Lynx will not make the playoffs. Holy cow!
1: I don't, don't not know make if we have something on the scale high enough <laughs>
4: for that one. Yes, we do. I, I hate to doubt them because they've been go. so great, but... Here we go. I you got to put Clamato in or <laughs> it ain't going to take. I hate to doubt them, but wow. it's just... Uh, and it's not... It, I think it has less to do with how they're playing, even though they haven't really played that well. And I think just the rest of the league has gotten better. You're saying they've got a bad vibe. There's a bad vibe with the team? We're getting old we're getting old yeah and the rest of the league is getting better Mm. i don't know oh
1: my that's a scolding hot sports take it is coach reeve will be very upset yeah (laughs) she'll be
4: looking for people to blame fans are gonna be mad at me she'll
1: be looking everywhere but inward for
4: people to blame well if
0: any guy's gonna throw that out there manny just watched
4: a WNBA exactly. game last night that didn't Two involve really the good teams, Washington and Connecticut, are both Re- really good. Remind so.
0: me, how many regular season games do they play? 34. So we're, what, um, nine in? Nine
1: in. Coach Reed made in, yeah. a pretty, si- pretty blatant shots at whalen even though she uh didn't uh claim they were aimed at whalen uh that was that was pretty uh frontal yesterday don't you think mm-hmm. yeah nah, she said uh, they're not all everybody we have is not all in they you, better get be it in one.
4: gear because mm-hmm. yeah, there's yeah. some good teams in the league wow all
1: right well you know what there would be no better Place for the run to have ended than the barn, all right? Last game of the run to end. It oh, that's the right. Barn. Yes, that's true. Great.
4: Yeah.
1: It all depends upon whether Maya's getting bored with. Her complaints, or if they got one more run in
0: them. But uh, anyway, what do you got, Reavers? Uh, well, the Falvey and Levine administration took care oh. of my original uh, steam zone complaint, which was going to be about Miguel Sano, so they cured that. Thank <laughs> so you were going to
1: say the fact that they're keeping him around was was. In fact, I was going to so say religious. AAA is too high. Send him to wow. Chattanooga. So this was at a... But they exceeded this, my expectations. Yeah, right, double it. <laughs> by sending I him to single able, A. Yeah.
0: Uh, here's, my, uh, here's my take uh the the to state or the to situation we talked about it earlier this You're week alone, uh and how he's not going to attend the uh hall of fame celebration whatever he can do what he wants to do i don't really care it's not going to affect my day but the part that bothers me with all of this is all of the writers now that are coming out and saying, I never would have voted for him if I'd have known he was going to disrespect the Shield, including the most pompous, arrogant one out there, Gary Myers. Gary, okay, stop making this about you. You arrogant, you know what. Gary would have never voted for him if he knew he wasn't going to camp. He was one of the first have, to not. raise the flag and say, uh, yeah. I never would have voted for him had he come oh, out and said geez. that. Up yours, Gary. And this is why people... the. <laughs> Fans of the league and other people in the media hate it when you make it about you.
1: Yes. It's not yes. about you, It you is jerk. very. It's very similar to the Schilling situation where uh, several writers came out and, and said, because of his uh, crazed political stances and other things, that they... We're not going to vote for him, and uh, you can't do that. Well, you and Pat, you know this. You're a is... voter. The people,
0: yeah. even in baseball, there's the idiots that make this about themselves. And oh, I'm going to post my ballot I'm on Twitter. My ballot. Oh, oh yes, my God! Quit is. taking yourself it is. so serious. Antenna's seriously, seriously, just you,
1: not enough. Ten you aren't enough. Jackass. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I uh, I think that's worth a oh uh, yeah. That's a piping hot take. I'd say take. that's a piping hot take. That yes, I I, I agree with you that uh, you know. We should all, if I was a voter, I'd be proud that Terrell did this because it proved the previous stance that he was an idiot, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, every, every you know, there was there was people that thought he was, you know, because a lot of those NFL guys say, well, he's a bad teammate, so I'm not voting
0: for him. And you know one thing and I heard about this? A
1: teammate and that,
0: what? One of the reasons, I think it was a former player that, that said this, and I can't remember who it was, but... The reason he might be doing this is because normally when you're elected, you got to fly in the family and there's the parties. And usually the team that you're there representing at the Hall of Fame foots the bill for all this. Well, T.O.'s burned every bridge in the league, so he'd be on the hook for well, a lot of his money. Which team
1: would he go in with?
0: I think it's San Francisco. Cisco. but I'm not. I'm not sure. But basically, every team has said, "Well, we're not paying for this because he's a you know he's a jerk. So he doesn't want to spend whatever it's going to cost to fly everybody Eddie down D'd there.
1: Pick up the check, man. And, no, Eddie D was not owning that. No, though, right? Eddie D was gone by then. I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it was York, right? Was it well, York? Maybe. How about a, a GoFundMe yeah. to
1: get Terrell to How about uh, that? Canton, yeah. Anyway, Jerry wouldn't pay the bill. No, mm-hmm. apparently he's burned the bridge with the Cowboys. <laughs> wow. Well, that's. Uh, that that makes more sense than saying I'm not going to vote for him because he disrespected the shield. Oh God! The first guy I'd like to track down the first guy who uh, wrote wrote and used the term the shield and spray spray him with a fire hose. Yeah, that's a, that's a, nothing violent, just spray him with a fire. Hose. Yeah. Uh, all righty, that was it. The return of the steam zone. Boy, we are working you to the bone today, here, Johnny. Tell you Uh, the U.S. Open uh, update desk, uh, the World Cup update desk. Uh, I guess the World Cup update desk can be finalized. Russia five Saudi Arabia nothing. I thought there were three games today, but there's only one.
2: Yeah, the Soviets win.
1: We got to ease into it. How'd Mm -hmm. we do? Uh, Good <laughs> yeah, one. We, we, uh, we got as many goals so far as Saudi Arabia. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this update
2: sponsored by Hotels.com with Hotels.com. Get rewarded from seaside cabins to resorts. Hotels.com's deals come with access to instant savings, too. Hotels.com, you do you and get rewarded. Instant savings. Sorry. Instant savings available on select properties.
4: I wonder if uh, the next time the U.S. men's team plays Trinidad and Tobago, if that'll be labeled as a revenge yeah, dragon. Oh, it'll be a
1: grudge <laughs> match. Yeah. we might get it over here for our conca-c-c-c-c-c-calf opener. Yeah, That's there. right.
2: Yeah. yeah, the Vikings wrapped up minicamp today. Coach Mike Zimmer told reporters after that things went well. He's happy with the progress of the team. What did Coach Zimmer tell his players before they took off? The stings. No, Feel I got to say. Oh, no,
1: he didn't Same say thing. I always, you know, t- tell them this time of year, you know, keep working. We um, make sure they come back and not just jogging shape, but in shape to plant and drive and break and get in and out of stances and things like that. Um, make sure the good citizens take care of each other. You know, it's typical goodbye speech.
2: Training camp starts late in July. How many years team?
1: for that, fella now is
2: This only his
1: fourth coming up or fifth? Oh, it's got to be number five. Yeah, right? it's number five. If, uh,
2: Yep. Twins lose to Detroit today after the game They option Jake Cave to Rochester And Miguel Sano to AAA Fort Myers They'll make corresponding roster moves Before the game tomorrow against Cleveland One of those, according to manager Paul Molitor Will be the return of Joe Maurer From the disabled list
1: Directly from the uh, America Park press box We'll be talking to Phil Miller from the Star cool. Tribune Here in the next uh, In the next segment
2: Okay, uh, at the U.S. Open today, uh, we now have a three-way tie with people who are already in the clubhouse at one under. Be Scott Piercy, Ian Poulter, and Russell, uh, Russell Henley. Uh, we what also what happened to DJ? Uh, he is at one under, but okay. he's only through fifteen, okay. so he could he's take out the there lead with Tiger. Or, yes, uh, Tiger. Speaking of Tiger, uh, Tiger's now at eight over. What? Woof. Yeah, through fifteen. Woof. What happened? He made the one double. He did make another one. He must have made two doubles. I didn't see. I, I just opened the uh, browser before I came in here, and I saw eight over. Uh, Phil Mickelson also uh, did not have a good day. He finished the day at seven over. So, uh, two
1: we, You're out. right, Reavers. We could be getting the back injury time.
4: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's coming.
1: If, it, if he gets in the house at about nine over, uh, look out.
4: You said Mickelson's at 7-over? 7-over, yeah. I'm sure he's still trotting around the golf course with a big smile on his face. uh,
1: This is not the year he's going to finally win the U.S. Open. (laughs) I don't think it's happening.
4: Uh,
2: Across the river, uh, relationships between coaches and reporters sometimes get a little weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes there's some uncomfortable scenes. Uh, Then there's what happened between Packers' associate head coach, linebackers coach Winston, (laughs) Winston Moss, and reporters at Green Bay's minicamp.
1: John, does anyone know what this is based on? No. Because apparently he'd been reasonably affable in the past.
4: They even asked him about it, too, I think.
2: Moss sat down to talk to the media, but clearly uh, didn't seem in the mood. He rolled his eyes, disputed a reporter's account of a player's on-field actions, and didn't want to volunteer any information. A reporter asked him, Winston, I'm sorry, uh, where's the Winston that has given us illumination and information at past (laughs) press conferences? Did we do something? You are not down on us again. We want to talk about your guys, and I'm not quite sure what you want from us to make that happen. After about a
1: 10-second pause, Moss responded, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the problem might be he thought he was going to be named defensive coordinator, and then they hired Petten. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then they get didn't. over it,
4: you big but he's, dummy. But he's the associate head coach, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if... If something to happen, if McCarthy if for whatever reason has to sit out a game, he'd be the uh, head coach, uh, right?
1: He uh, had the uh, he had the red rear end about something. I don't oh, know, it what was. It was, wow. but it was amazing. Did you watch the video? It was, oh yeah, yeah. He can glower with the best of them. So He's <laughs> a very good glower. Uh, <laughs> Moss is In fifty. Fact, uh, if he needs a job. Kenny. Oh, ah, yeah. Coffee, uh, crappy coffee shop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just give him the look. Night manager, crappy coffee shop. Here's <laughs> your host.
4: <laughs> Kenny, you should watch the video of this. You, this is your kind of guy. Oh, and, yeah.
1: and the sorry, we can't help you with this. We can, uh, we, we.
4: that's what we, yeah. the guy wanted a latte or
1: something. We can, <laughs> sorry, we can't help you with it. Uh, Moss is 52. He's been with the Packers
2: in some uh, form since 2007. Uh, he was a linebacker with the Bucks, Raiders, and Seahawks for 11 years in the NFL. Three weeks ago, of course, the NFL changed its anthem policy without input from or discussion with the Players Association. Now the NFLPA is preparing for a potential legal fight over the change. Uh, knowledge, uh, a person who has knowledge of the situation says the Players Association has retained multiple law firms to research options for fighting the new policy. The new policy mandates all players in the playing area to stand for the anthem and requires any player who would protest the anthem to remain in the locker room. Uh, the league gave players the right to protest back in 2009 via a policy that required the players to be present on the sidelines, but that makes standing optional. In 2016, the NFL confirmed the players are not required to stand after Colin Kaepernick was first spotted sitting during the anthem. 2017, the NFL once again told players they would have the right to protest after the president said he'd like to see an NFL owner respond to an anthem protest by saying, quote, get that son of a bitch off the field, he's fired. Uh, There are forms of litigation possible, including an action based on both the U.S. and various state constitutions premised on First Amendment rights to freedom of expression. So,
1: uh, unfortunately... This is probably not over. If uh, I have a tip for you, to uh, for you gentlemen, all four of you gentlemen, mm-hmm. if you choose to write a column for the largest daily newspaper in uh, Minnesota <laughs> and choose to take a strong stance on the NFL being a bunch of scumbags for not signing Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and that the uh, that uh, it's a courtesy for us to stand up for the anthem, not a uh, obligation. Yeah. Be prepared not to make everyone happy. That's uh, I just. Want to tell you that right
2: I was uh, wondering when I first read that column how uh, the uh, replies to that. Oh, we all knew go. how
1: that was going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was fun why it lasted. All right, thanks, Johnny. You bet. Phil Miller covers the uh, Twins for the Star Tribune. He is in Detroit. Uh, twins very impressive in the first inning the last two days there, Phil.
3: Yeah, they clean it up. Uh, <laughs> Escobar and, uh, Ro- and uh, Rosario, uh, about yeah, but, uh, guaranteed to give you a lead that you can never increase
1: yes that's right man alive they were hanging on last night by their fingernails and all hell finally broke loose and then today again uh... a good pitcher, but man alive you look at those batting averages beyond those two guys up top it's incredible
3: yeah the pop-ups uh... really noticeable here too uh... we were laughing about that the old line uh... look like a box of kleenex they uh... they pop up one at a time and uh... Uh, yeah, full it one day, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to be that good trick to uh, shut down the Twins these days.
1: We've all been uh, focused on Snow and uh, Buxton, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Dozier, wow, this is this is uh, getting to be a little longer than last year's slow start. Uh, to have him at 2:30 is uh, that that's not going to work.
3: It's not. Although you know, I looked something up. Uh, interesting today. I looked up what his batting average was on June fourteenth, twenty sixteen, and it was uh, roughly two thirty. Uh, really. Basically, uh, basically exactly where he is right now. And he ended up with forty two home runs. Uh, you know, he's you know notorious second half hitter. Uh, um, uh, but you can't count on that every year. Uh, you seem to expect it's coming. I know he does. He was in a really good mood today. Uh, even after uh another 0 for 4 0 for 19 in the past week now
1: Ooh.
3: um but uh it, you know he's a second half guy so we'll see when, uh, you know, the bad thing, the bad thing, Pat, is uh, if he uh, turns it on in the second half, it might be for some of the team.
1: <laughs> yes, that's, that is true. Hey, uh, Snow, of course, gets sent out, but all the way down to Fort Myers, which doesn't surprise me that much because uh, they obviously, I think they're more worried about conditioning than anything else, aren't you? And that's why they went <laughs> yeah, down there.
3: Yeah, I've seen some reaction about, oh, they must really be mad, but it had nothing to do with uh, Class A. It had... It had to do with uh, the Fort Myers facilities, and you know uh, what that's like. They have the, the the gigantic weight room, and and all of their instructors are there right now because uh, they just had drafts, so all the all the new players are pouring in, and they're starting to do uh, their their uh, quick uh, you know instructions before yeah. they uh, send them out to rookie league. So everybody's there. Everybody that uh, Miguel uh, knows, all the roving instructors, Tribe Guerrero, uh, the hitting coach. So um, yeah, I uh i wouldn't be surprised if he only plays about half the time for the miracle too i don't think they really care about the games and what level he's at it's it's more uh sending him to uh you, you know sending him to a big baseball uh, academy more than that you know Paul we said uh, we didn't want to just say go get some at bats in triple a we wanted to stop and say well how can we really help him and and seemed like a good idea
1: yeah, how did uh, did was he around, or did you guys not get a chance to talk to him?
3: No, he, we talked to him, and he was upbeat. Uh, really, you know, I, I think I think he, uh, Paul Wilder said uh, he's been he's been feeling the pressure about uh, how little he's been contributing, and how, you know, how the team has been playing, uh, you know, while he's struggling. You know, he feels like he's dragging him down. I, I think. To some extent, it's a relief to him. I mean, it's it's a message, and it's a little embarrassing. But uh, I think he thinks that he uh, just needs to step back and get himself right and uh, start hitting again. I don't know how much he thinks it's all due to conditioning. Uh, but you know, he said uh, after he, and he was upbeat. He said, "I'm not mad. I'm happy. Uh, they're giving me a chance to to fix this." Um, and I don't, uh, you know, he. He feels like the injury last August and the surgery that he had and then the hamstring injury this year has been, um, you know, as, as big a part an issue as anything. He said he didn't want to make excuses, but, uh, you know, I I think he feels like there's, it, it's not going to be that big a turnaround, that mm-hmm. uh, he just needs to find a swing again
1: now uh the you know you make the point that uh, he might only play half the time probably the reason being is they're going to try to get him in there and uh, working on a conditioning program and uh, that that might take that might take all the pizzazz out of him I wouldn't think they're going to want him to just show up uh as at the same time of day that the uh, Players for the miracles show up. I would, yeah. a, I would guess they're going to try to get him working out in the morning and stuff like that.
3: Well, yeah, I said in my story that uh, they want to start over uh, with Miguel, yes. and that means starting with spring training. I really think they are going to treat this in some ways a, uh, a, a spring training kind of uh, um, program for him, uh, you know, with the games at night. But it, again, I really don't think uh, <laughs> they're looking at Florida State League games uh, no. to turn him around. No. If, uh, I'm also going to be interested in seeing, you know, that they, they kept it positive and they explained it to him and they made him feel good about it. I wonder if uh, they've got some uh, trainers down in Fort Myers who, uh, once they get there, once he uh, encounters them, will be like, uh, you know, it's uh, it's time to uh, stop what's been going on here in Miguel and get serious. I wonder if uh, if, um, if the message will be a little more pointed once he gets uh, to Fort Myers uh, about his uh, who's, physique.
1: Who's running the operation down there now as far as uh, training and uh, strength program and that stuff? Who's down there now? Beezer's, I'm not sure. Beezer's not, Beezer's not down there, right?
3: No, he's uh, he's here with the team. Yeah, he's, right. Big so, team. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was throwing... Uh, Long, uh, touchdown passes to Byron Buxton this morning. Uh, <laughs> you should see Byron Buxton, uh, make over the shoulder catches. Really? Uh, playing, fo- playing football in the outfield. It's, it's, uh, yeah, he's... He's a talented guy. Uh, we were we were joking, you know. It's easy to make catches when no one's tackling you.
1: So uh, they also sent out poor Jake Cave because they needed another infielder when they lost Miguel. Uh, what's uh, what's your speculation that you're going to have in the paper on that?
3: Well, collateral damage, poor J.K., Cave. He didn't do anything to yeah. deserve to be demoted. I think they want to keep him, but uh, yeah, they uh, they don't have any backup infielders now with uh, with Sonogon. So. Uh, um, you know, um, Jorge Polanco will be back in two weeks, okay. so there's no sense in in making uh, any drastic moves. In you other know, words, it, we're it,
1: not going to get Nick Gordon. No, that's <laughs> what I
3: was getting at. It, he's not on the 40-man roster. There's okay. no reason to uh, DFA a guy. I, I I think it's pretty obvious it has to be Taylor Motter, who has uh, ripped internationally pitching to a 168 Ooh, okay. uh, clip so far. But, <laughs> He'll fit right in. Um, yeah he's a 198 uh career major league hitter but he's really uh i I don't know how much playing time he's going to get uh he's not going to supplant uh uh escobar or dozier and not the way A. ray adriance has been playing so you know he's an emergency guy a backup and again uh uh jorge polanco's rehab begins on sunday so we're we're just over two weeks away from his return. July
1: so. 2 is uh, when he can come back uh, barring a rain out,
3: right? Barring a rain out, right.
1: Okay, right. what are they going to do to fix Addison Reed? My goodness. Yeah,
3: that's uh, that's a tough one because uh, uh, Paul Mauter was getting more and more comfortable uh, with him. Uh, he has, uh, he started giving up home runs. Yes. And then he didn't he give up any stop. home runs yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He gave up five singles, uh, just as bad. Uh, they, he doesn't feel like, uh, anything has really changed. He, he, uh, know, he said afterwards, uh, you know, we, you just had these nights some night, but, uh, he's, uh, he's had a lot of them lately. I, I think they don't have much choice but, uh, stick with him unless, uh, um, unless they're going to start increasing uh, Taylor Hildenberger late in the game. But, uh, um, you know, they're really comfortable with him uh, in the seventh-inning role. Uh, maybe that's Matt Belisle's, uh Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was really good in that role uh,
2: <laughs> yes.
1: last year hey one last thing uh the uh guardy certainly was probably in a good mood wednesday and thursday but i i he got a little testy with the detroit boys on tuesday night questioning his pitching i understand and you've seen that in the past
3: hey, yes uh it was funny uh it was shortly after that i encountered him in the hallway and yeah. he was, uh hey how you doing uh everything okay and good to see you but uh yeah you could tell he uh he uh, stalled a little bit at arm's length. Uh, it was good to see him. Uh, he, he uh, the Detroit writers say uh, he's he's been uh, actually he's been a dream for them. That yes. uh, Brad Ausmus was not much of a quote and was, did not take to explain himself very well and. Gardie, uh he doesn't like being second guessed. Boy, he doesn't. But, <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but he's uh, he's good in just about every other way. So uh, I think uh, I think that relationship will be smoothed over pretty
1: quick. Enjoy beautiful downtown Cleveland, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it, Pat. Good uh, talking to you. All right, uh, Phil Miller, Star Tribune uh, baseball writer. We'll be back.
4: On the ride with Royce, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny, uh, my daily complaint, and you guys will probably share this with me, is uh, with one Miguel Sano. Okay. It, it we have reached the point now where it, it it's just come on, like yes, come on. You need the this, money. You need it, the money. It's just mm-hmm. en- enough is enough. Enough is enough. You just got sent down to to single A and you know they're gonna try and get you fixed and everything. but enough. Yeah. Come on, get it in gear. get your head right. this is this is absurd. It's absurd for a guy to be this talented to be, this atrocious yes. at this point in his career it's uh, it's embarrassing he's 25 now. he's 25 been, enough is enough what do you got there chris
0: my daily complaint is with us we haven't mentioned high school baseball at all today in the state 3a final between Ricory and redwing i my heart is aching for this kid The Red red Wing right fielder dropped the fly ball in the win with two outs, allowing the winning run to
1: score. So, Gold Spring wins, huh? that stuff happens. Don't worry, kid. They'll forget it in five, six years. (laughs) Uh, What's your daily complaint? Here's my daily complaint. I'm watching Tiger Woods play golf, and all I can think is, because I've I've had reason to look back at some old columns that I wrote. Mm -hmm. I know how you feel, Tiger. I used to be good too. (laughs) You know, I feel bad. You know, because I look back at some of that stuff and I say, man. (laughs) Like it used to be so easy. It used to be so easy. And now, the problem is you can't get halfway through a column and go, oh, my back. No, no. <laughs> now, I'm gr- now I'm grunting and groaning and fighting and battling and hoping I can remember what word it is. And I look back and I said, man, that must have taken me 20 minutes to write that piece of art. Oh. And now it's, uh, you know, I know I know why
4: you. It's, it's like that scene in Angels in the Outfield when the kid goes up to Tony Danza's character and says, you used to be Mel Clark. Yeah. All yeah, right. that's Used right. to be. I used know the to be feeling. Tiger Woods? I know the
1: feeling tiger. All you can do is grimace, man. What the hell else can you do? You know? Now you do have ah, a couple hundred million to fall back on. Right. So, to uh, land comfortably on. That's good. All right, we will uh you know you tomorrow, right? No, We're Johnny gonna, Heights off tomorrow. Johnny. Oh, well, okay. It's, at least it's not a random Tuesday. All right. To have you <laughs>